1: Zero
2: Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just use the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. We are also sponsored by Manscaped, redefining the gentleman with top of the range male grooming products. Listen out a little bit later in the episode for more details about Manscaped and their products, particularly the performance package 5.0, giving a massive saving. Plus, you can get 20 percent off and free shipping on all Manscaped products when you use the code zero pucks all caps all one word. We are also on the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find all the episodes there, as well as a wealth of information and sporting podcasts from different sports from around the world, all on their website. This is episode 82. I'm Ben. Welcome along. We've got the match reports from an exciting weekend of South Cup action, along with a couple of league fixtures, the exclusive coach's thoughts, player of the week and a look at the table. Firstly, a small bit of DOPS news. Tom Ravenscroft for the Oxford City Stars has received a mandatory one game ban for getting a five plus game kneeing penalty in the victory at MK Thunder. The Stars have a weekend off, this weekend just gone, so Tom will serve that on the first weekend of March, as of course there's no League or South Cup fixtures next weekend, as we have the League Cup final. So he will miss the game away at Streatham on the 3rd. So we will get to the match reports from the weekend's games, before we discuss what the weekend's action now means in the league, and then hopefully later in the week we'll be catching up with both finalists, before they go head-to-head over two legs next weekend. So with League and Cup action from the Britain Division, let's get cracking. And as always, we start with the 5pm face-off at Planet Ice in Gosport. The Invicta Dynamos rolled into town for this league fixture, where these two are pretty much going head-to-head over who gets home advantage in the playoff off quarter-finals. Fourth and fifth is virtually guaranteed for these two. It was a competitive start as always on the smaller pad, and the home side had an early power play chance after Oliver got two minutes for charging on 1.46, but the Moes killed off the penalty. Rolls reversed on 8.44 when Wilde sat for two for interference, but the Devils' penalty kill held strong. Bell then sat for two for slashing on 11.18, but it was defensive special teams coming out on top. The visitors did take the lead, however, when Oliver assisted Mad for 1-0 on 15.37. The home side also had to kill off a Mark Pitts charging penalty on 17.35, but the first finish 1 0. Into the second, and a disjointed start as both teams almost cancel each other out until dogged work from the Devils dragged them back into the game, with Pitts and Coleman assisting Alex Murray for 1 1 on 31.01. Another charging penalty for the Moes after the goal when Thune sat for 2 on 32.54, and this time the Devils got what they were looking for when Pitts assisted Alex Murray for his second for 2 1 on 33:58 power play goal. The Moes trying to keep their call, cool, although not all call heads prevailed, and after an incident on 36:11 the saw Mark Pitts get two for cross-checking, Dan Scott get two minutes for cross-checking, ten minutes for instigating, and five-plus game for resisting an official. We'll see if anything comes of that next Friday night. Into the third, and with it being such a tight attritional game, chances were at a premium, and the Dynamos had a power play chance when Perella Fox sat for two for interference on 49:31. But after returning to full strength, the Devils extended their lead when Steve Osman went unassisted for three one on fifty-two flat. The Devils then had to kill a Liam Coleman slashing penalty on fifty three oh six, followed by a Joe Lewennin charging penalty on fifty six oh seven, but in that power play the Moes got one back when Stano Lascek scored unassisted for three two on fifty seven oh three. In an attempt to force overtime, Owen Ryder was pulled for the extra man on the ice but it was the Devils that dealt the final blow when Mark Pitts grabbed his third assist of the night for Dan Lackey to get an empty net goal for 4-2 on 59:35. Owen Ryder and Mark Pitts take the beers as for Solent it will seem like a long 21 days before the Stars make their way down to Gosport whereas the Dynamos will face the MK Thunder at the stables on Sunday. After the game, Solent Devils player coach Alex Murray gave his thoughts to ZPG.
3: Yeah, Saturday saw us take on Invicta for the final uh, time this season in the league, and um, it's been a great battle between our two teams. And luckily for us, we have come out on top in the previous three. And I think Saturday was just about making sure that we maintained that that high performance level against them. I think they're a um, a great outfit. They've got a great team, and they've really bounced back, you know, um, with their new setup. And it's always a tough game, but I think the guys came out to play really well. I think after the Romford game we talked about being clinical but um, we didn't really have that clinical instinct in us to start with and even though through the first you know period you know we're, we're, we're pretty dominant in the shot count and especially in the second period we're, we found ourselves behind in the game um, and we're just not <clears throat> staying focused during those periods of time when we have you know a percentage of possession and chances ourselves which is the majority in our rink and then the opposition get a counter-attack or, you know, a rush and we, we end up conceding and find ourselves on the the end of a, you know, a goal against or even a loss. So, the, you know, yesterday, or sorry, Saturday was all about making sure that we remained calm. We said after the first that if we keep shooting as much as we do, it's bound to go in and we and we got that in the, in the second. We took a 2-1 lead into the third and that became a 3-1 lead and whilst they... Pulled one back on the power play through last check. I think, I think we were pretty pretty calm and experience controlled in the in the last few minutes when they pulled the goalie. Um, we used our timeout well, I feel, and yeah, we got this one right. And you know, there's been many games this year with down to the crunch that we haven't got it right. So it was good to see that through. The experience that we have in the lineup was, you know, has helped, and it's a positive and a, and a and a confidence boost for us that we saw that game out and got an internet because. Ultimately looking ahead now, which is what we can do for the playoffs, it's, it, it's very likely that we may end up playing in victory in the quarter-final stage, which is slightly unheard of, but um, you know, it's where we are this year in our placings and so we've got to get ready and everything we're doing is gearing up for those playoffs. Um, we've got a two-week break now, which is good because we've got a lot of injury in the squad, so it's about getting guys back fit and, and having a good, strong end to the year. Saturday night saw Britain Cup action for the top two
2: after their league clash, league clash last week resulting in an OT win for the Jets. The Red Hawks headed to the hangar, bludgeoned by injury, suspensions and unavailability, having just 12 skaters, including four D-men, to face the top point-scoring side in the league. And it was put to the test very early when Jared Lane sat for two for tripping on just seven seconds. After killing that penalty off, the Red Hawks then had a power play chance when Lingren sat for two for kneeing on 8.06. The Jets killed off the penalty, but did find themselves behind when Ethan Lane assisted J.J. Pitchley for one nil on 15:40. The visitors, however, would start the second on the kill after Miles was given two for roughing at the end of the period. The Jets were then back on the penalty kill themselves after Christian Moore sat for tripping on 23:16, and immediately after returning to full strength, conceded again when Waller and Beasley assisted Ethan Lane for two nil on 25:26. The penalties on both sides at the halfway mark when Harmon and Waller sat for two for charging and kneeing, respectively, on 29:33. As the third got underway, Ben Painter's boys laid their marker down firmly and extended their lead when Jared Lane went unassisted on 40 to make it 3-0. And despite a, slate, a Slough power play in the third, that is how it finished. The current league leaders shut out on home ice by their chases in the Cup. For Slough a chance to rectify on Sunday with a Britain Cup trip to Chelmsford, The Streatham an opportunity to tie up the league title with the visit of the Buccaneers. The late game on Saturday saw the Chelmsford Chieftains head to the Thunderdome to face the MK Thunder. Cam Bartlett serving the last of his four game ban, with Dom Ray and Craig Bradfield in the pipes. And it was the home side that drew first blood when Hagger and Cox assisted Ben Davis for 1 0 on 3.42. The Chieftains had a power play chance when Julian Smith took two for hooking on 11.24. But it went to 4-on-4 four four a minute later when Kieran Rayner took two for tripping on 12.35, but no further goals. Into the second and it was the home side again that started on the front foot and doubled their advantage. Davis and Austin assisting Josh Hickman to make it 2-0 on 22.03. With Chelsea's heads in a spin, they found a pathway back into the game with an unassisted goal from Dan Hitchings on 36.01. Leading to a brief smell of madness as Rayner and Hickman had a disagreement, as did Pickering and Howe, seeing all four head to the penalty box for five each on thirty six forty two. So with both teams still even handed, the visitors made it a tied game when Jameson and Lack assisted Grant Bartlett to make it two two on thirty-eight fifty-two. The Chieftains would start the third on the penalty kill after Ollie Bulldock was given two for unsportsmanlike conduct. The third saw the Chieftains start to get their systems going and up the pressure when former Chieftain's captain Julian Smith Made his second trip to the box for tripping on 51:02, but again the Thunder held strong with a reliance on Craig Bradfield. But when George Howe sat for two for hooking on 54:16, the deadlock was broken when Grant Bartlett and Jameson assisted Alan Lack with a captain's goal to make it 3-2 on 55:09 power play goal. That night shocked the visitors fully into life and they put the game away quickly with two more goals in less than 60 seconds. Firstly with Barnes-Garner and King assisting Damon Porter for 4-2 on 55-44 and then Lack and huggett assisted Grant Bartlett for his second on 55-55 to make it 5-2 to the Chieftains. A road win that required a lot of hard work, Julian Smith and Alan Lack winning the beers as the Chieftains prepare to host the Jets whilst the Thunder will head to Invicta. Sunday night to the stables in Gillingham then as the Thunder headed to the Moe's backyard and a fiery start to the game saw Ben Davies take a 10-minute misconduct penalty on just 2.44. Some penalties followed for both sides, as Stokes and Cox sat consecutively for interference and slashing, but no goals, mainly down to Matt Friend and Dan Norton in the pipes. The deadlock was broken on 18.09 when Thune and Dell assisted James Laming to make it 1-0, even handed on the breakaway. A really tight second period as MK Thunder seemed to have taken to frustrating teams to the point of lost concentration but the Dynamos did manage to double their lead when Laschek and Saw assisted Ruskin Springer-Hughes to make it 2-0 on 38-02. As the third got underway, the visitors looked to make the night a little more uncomfortable for their hosts when they pulled one back early as Meade and Austin assisted Jason Hickman for 2-1 on 42 flats. But the Dynamos quickly resettled and had their very own Holy Trinity to thank again as Saw, Springer-Hughes... <clears throat> Saw and Springer Hughes assisted the Evergreen Spanner last check to make it 3-1 on 44-22 a little succession of penalty kills for both sides before the Moes put the game to bed when Tom Saw went unassisted to make it 4-1 to the Dynamos not a classic by any means but the hard working wins are the ones that feel the best both Netties taking them out of the match awards tells you the story of the game and after it Dynamos head coach Carl Lennon gave his thoughts to ZPG
1: it's a bit of a mixed weekend for us um, started down in in Solent on Saturday where I thought we had a really good start to the game. We looked pretty solid and compact and we were a little in their scoring chances and we're good I think for the one nothing lead that we took going into the period break. And I think probably we're a little over protective of that, that lead in the second period where we really sort of took our foot off the gas a bit and yeah, tried to protect the goal more than we tried to attack it and ultimately they um snuck in with a goal at one one and then um, took advantage of a power play which we probably would want back in terms of the way it was conceded and then closing the period out I think about five minutes left we lost Dan Scott to a five minute major and game penalty which put us right up against it for the remaining part of that period and the beginning of the next where the guys did an absolutely sterling job of, of protecting the net and we we really limited their scoring opportunities and, and actually were were pretty good during that five on four penalty kill but obviously I take something out of you and I think not long after it um Solent scored their 3-1 goal which you know put us right up against it but the the boys showed great character they battled their way back in and Stano uh, scored a, a nice finish that that got us back to 3-2 and then it was a matter of sort of throwing everything at it and of course, in the in the last minute of the game, we pulled the goalie, they scored the empty netter and a 4-2 loss, which is disappointing. That's uh, our fourth loss against them this year, which is the only team that's escaped us so far um, in the regular season. And, uh, yeah, we can only really have ourselves to blame for that again. So... Bit disappointing, and obviously I think that sort of carried over a little bit into Sunday's performance. We we started very slowly, and um, we didn't play to the right intensity level at all um, against Milton Keynes. And they probably were themselves quite happy with their performance the night before. Um, nonetheless, we went in one nothing up, which which was probably a compliment to us than it was more to them. They 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 were very good on on Sunday as well, um, and uh, throughout the course of the game you know we increased our intensity and played better as the fixture went on but you know ultimately i don't think it was a a strong performance from our side um and i think actually you know now we need to use these next couple weeks off which we have um to sort of refocus recenter i guess recalibrate before we get back to the sort of closing weeks of the season you know when we arrive back we'll probably have no more than sort of uh five games i think it is and probably a month or so of, of hockey left to play so now's the time to to get our heads back in in it all and um to use this time to you know just get away from those injuries that, that have been plaguing us for the last few weeks and and try and get somewhat back to full health and ready for that final push Sunday night at
2: the Riverside saw the Britain Cup continue to throw up incredibly competitive games as the Slough Jets looked to banish the memory of last night's home shutout, headed to Chelmsford where it was charity night raising funds for Cancer Research UK. The home side donned in a purple, pink and blue charity jersey, saw the Jets in their home colours and nearly going behind after just 17 seconds when Cam Bartlett had a go at uh, Massey, But they found themselves on a penalty kill early when Dreeland sat for tripping on 204. The Chieftains were moving the puck very quickly across the zones and causing problems. After penalties for both sides were killed off, the Chieftains did take the lead when the puck bounced out from the attacking area for Jay King to sweep past Massey from the blue line for 1-0 on 12:39. The home side doubled their advantage when hard work from Grant Bartlett got the puck to Dan Hitchings who sourced across the attacking zone from the half-boards where Cam Bartlett finished with a back post swinger to make it 2-0 on 16:32. The Jets had a power play chance towards the end of the first, but the score remained the same. As the second started, the home side found themselves with a period of five on three after Hatfield and Minter took successive tripping penalties for Slough, but they were unable to make the Jets pay, and instantly regretted it after Rayner took two for interference on 24:07. The lead was cut in half when Erskine and Lingren assisted Ty Cathcart to tip in from close range for 2-1 on 25:55. power play goal. The Chieftains then survived another interference penalty, this time Bulldog in the box, but with both teams even-handed, a long shot from Seb Moore caught Lourdes unsighted and made it a tied game at 2-2 for 31-03. More penalties followed as King sat for two for slashing on 32-46, then Ethan Reed for delay of game on 36-06, but as the period was drawing to a close, a scramble in the crease saw the puck end up in the goal on 39-45, credited to Jacob Soper. Due to arriving late I was actually at the goal end and it seemed to be a popular opinion that it was kicked in but the goal was given but after the video has been reviewed it was proved that was the correct decision the only skate it touched was the defenders so, but a second to forget for the Chieftains as their lead has been completely 180 on them. The third saw a change of shirt for Damon Porter after a couple of blood injuries and then a ridiculous amount of penalties as the home side appeared to lose their discipline both from losing their lead and from, and from the strange manner in which the game was being officiated. I don't really like having a, d- a dig at the refs because without them we don't have a game, but when some of the most experienced players on both sides have the most bemused and confused looks on their faces about the calls that are being made, you do have to wonder you know, whether, whether indeed they are right. After multiple penalties for both sides, a couple of scrappy fights, the game was put to bed when Redman and Seb Moore assisted the league top point scorer Jack Goodchild to make it 4-2 and gain Slough their first win in the Britain Cup. Man of the match honours to Redmond and King, as a weekend off now for the Chieftains and a League Cup final beckons for the Jets next weekend against Streatham. <laughs> the final game of the weekend then saw the Romford Buccaneers travel to the Streatham Red Hawks. The Buccaneers' assistant captain Ellie Wakeley making her 100th appearance for the Bucks. Congratulations to Ellie. And the home side knowing two points will be enough to make the title theirs again. A feisty first period saw the Red Hawks try to attack their visitors, who defended very resolutely, killing off a couple of penalties and forcing Milton into a save or two as well. But Sonny Phillips, "Thou shalt not pass Mantra," was going well. Into the second, the home side killed off a pater penalty before Dervish took a seat, and then the Red Hawks took the lead, when Watt assisted Ziggy Beasley to make it one nil on 2537 power play goal. As the Bucks were trying to hold strong through the second, the home side grabbed two quick goals to exert their dominance, after Benny Lee Newman went unassisted for 2-0, and then Watts and Brittle assisted Ziggy Beasley for his second on 34-46. At the start of the third, a wish came true. After my chat with Brindley Caps a few weeks back, he answered the question, which goalie do you want to score on the most? The question was from the very man who was indeed the answer, Danny Milton. I'm sure he let out a sigh when Caps went unassisted to make it 3-1 on 40:48. The Red Hawks continued to keep their discipline and killed the game off when Brittle assisted Ziggy Beasley for his hat trick, making it 4-1 and giving the Streatham Red Hawks the two points they needed to retain their crown for the fourth year in a row and book their place at Coventry at the end of April. Long and Beasley with the man of the match awards and celebration time on the ice for the Red Hawks. After the game, Jason Buckman shared his thoughts on the Buccaneers' performance.
1: First off, I'd like to congratulate Streatham um, from the Buccaneers on their uh, league championship. Certainly been the most consistent team all year. Um, and, they've, you know, they've set a high bar to, to reach for the rest of the, rest of the league. Um, yesterday's game was, again, as it always has been this year with Streatham competitive game, felt like first period and third period uh, certainly on par with them, um, tying both periods. Kind of lost our way in the middle period, and that's that's where the damage was done. Um, but yeah, now we look forward to finishing our league games and hopefully moving to the playoffs in a strong position.
2: And after a four-point weekend and clinching the Britain title, Ben Painter gave his thoughts to ZPG.
1: We went
0: into Saturday um, away at Slough to um, keep our sort of unbeaten run in the the Britain Cup. Go in. Um, we know going into that place it's always going to be we're always in for a game, and they're, we know what they bring there. They're a good, young, fast team, um, and we were we were very short benched. I mean, we went into that game with ten guys unavailable v- through suspension, injury, and and a couple of guys unavailable. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, twelve skaters, and we we had our back up against the wall going into that game. I think we were, I think. <laughs> Going in there with with twelve skaters against a team that are very good and fit and fast, um, we knew we had our work cut out for us. But we played, we had a game plan, and we just we just mucked it out. Um, we just we just went in there and just got it done. It wasn't pretty. Um, we, we weren't playing fancy hockey, but we we kept it basic, kept it simple. Um, we worked smart, and and yeah, I was I was very pleased that how how we went to work for each other and. Picks each other up, and as a as twelve guys going at it, um, twelve skaters, and then obviously goalies. But twelve guys out out on out on the rink going at it, um, backed up by by Miltz just doing his doing what he does. Um, yeah, very pleased to leave there with a, with a 0 win to keep us five and zero in in that Britain Cup and and going strong in that. So yeah, I was I was very pleased with with, with that result. Um, and then we go back to. Go back to Streatham on the Sunday night to to play a young Buccaneers team that are just are getting better and better. Um, as the years going on, I think they've got a lot of young guys that probably haven't played much senior hockey early in the year, and they're really growing into growing into the sort of the, the senior game and getting better and better. And they they've caused some sort of some upsets along the way, and and they've g- given sort of a lot of teams a real good a real good go. So I mean, they only took Slow to overtime last weekend, so that shows that they're they're a team that can that can really play and you can't take them take them for granted um, they seem to be getting stronger and stronger as the year goes on so we knew that we we were going into that game and two points would, would seal the league up for us and we had a I was very pleased with, with the reaction the, the way that we we, we we approached the game we were professional we, we, we got the job done it was probably some of the nicest hockey I've seen us play in a little while um we had a couple of guys back um that were that were available again um but yeah it was it was great to see the way we played where we where we created chances and sunny really sort of had a great game in net i would say um and kept us at bay for i think a period at least um and yeah it was it was one of them games that we just kept with it and it was it was good to to get the league wrapped up and and to do it with with four games to spare was was nice and so now we we, we turn our attention to. Uh, Turn our attention to the the cup final next weekend, um, which we know we're going to have to be at our best to to secure that, and and then and then on to into the the Britain Cup and, and the playoffs.
2: Well, another cracking weekend. The title is decided. In all honesty, I can see the title the table staying exactly the same as it is now for the remainder of the season with the games that are still left to come. A massive congratulations to Ben Painter and all the boys at Streatham. A thoroughly deserved title and a chance next week to make it a double of a potential quadruple. Later this week, there will be an episode building up to the League Cup Final. So hopefully we'll get all the the details there. After all the fixtures from this weekend then, let's get to this.
3: Hi, it's Justin Wan Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week.
2: This weekend, very competitive. Not many teams with two games, especially two high-quality performances. But with four points, three goals, one assist, one man of the match for the second time in three weeks, almost walking his way into the ZBG Team of the Year, the ZBG Brisbane Division Player of the Week is Ziggy Beasley. Well, no fixtures for next week then with the League Cup Final where the Red Hawks will take on the Slough Jets for the silverware over two legs. And as I've said, we will build up to the Cup Final in a special episode where we will hopefully be speaking to both coaches. We'll look at the results that got them there and see if we can possibly predict an outcome. The table then, where we all know at least one part of it is now confirmed. Your champions, Streatham Hawks, played 24, 120, lost three, one overtime loss, 41 points. Still currently in second, the Slough Jets played all 28 games, 120 lost 8, 40 points. In third, needing four points from their last three league games, Chelmsford Chieftains played 25, 117, lost 8, 34 points. In fourth, the Solent Devils played 24, 114, lost 9, 1 OT, lost 29 points. In fifth, the Invicta Dynamos played 25, 113, lost 9, three overtime losses, also 29 points. Currently home playoff advantage to Solent. In the in sixth place, the Romford Buccaneers played 23, won 8, lost 12, three OT losses, 19 points, eyeing up their Essex rivals in the playoffs. After a weekend off, the Oxford City Stars haven't moved, played 25, won 4, lost 19, two OT losses. And finally, after two defeats this weekend, the MK Thunder are in 8, Play 22, one 2, lost 24 points. Well, that's the Roundup episode in the bank. A busy week here at ZBG HQ as we hopefully have another two episodes coming this week. We will have Queen B and Team GB star Rachel Cartwright on this week. So really looking forward to that. And then hopefully we build up to the cup uh, with an episode where we should hopefully have Ben Painter and Lucas Smittle as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please share it on your social media. Give a bit of feedback as well. It's all massively appreciated. Thanks again to the coaches who provide their coaches' thoughts. It's such a brilliant segment of the podcast. And don't forget, of course, to check out our podcast family. The Hockey Art Co. Use the code ZP10 to get 10% off. Manscaped use the code Pucks to get 20% off and free shipping. And, of course, the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey, guys, it's Ben from Zero Pucks Given. I just want to tell you a little bit about our new sponsor on the podcast, Manscaped. A lot of modern men now do enjoy some manscaping. I, myself, as a bald man, I take care of my hair myself, but I like to keep my beard nice and trim, and I like to keep my eyebrows, my ears, my nose, and my chest and my my private area all quite sort of neat and tidy as well. And as someone who's done their own grooming for a long time, I've always struggled to find a trimmer that was actually... Really, really easy to use, really good quality, and a wireless one particularly that held a good charge. Normally, sort of one go over my beard and that's it, they're dead. So when Manscaped sent me their products and and asked to be involved with the podcast, I absolutely jumped at the chance because I've been wanting to try their products for an awful long time. And now I finally have, I can tell you with absolute integrity, this is the best wireless trimmer I have ever used. This is the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0. It's a really, really solid piece of a kit. It's designed brilliantly so it fits in your hand. There's a nice rubber grip on it. The buttons are nice and solid. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It has an interchangeable head so that you can change it for this little sort of close shave razor there to do the sort of more sensitive areas, get the skin nice and tight, and sort of go over that so you don't get any long hairs. One of the most impressive things about this is this blade has skin-safe technology. So even if you're not being overly careful, you will not cut yourself, you will not nick yourself. And when you're doing those sort of more private areas, that's incredibly important and something that I've always struggled with in the past to find something that was really safe to use in that area. And the fact that you can do this in the shower just means you don't make any mess anywhere either. Now, as a product, that's probably the best wireless trimmer I've used. Obviously, with the width of it, it doesn't fit up your nose or in your ears. So they have the Weed Whacker 2.0. Again, brilliant design so that it fits perfectly in your hand. It's got a really good rubber coating, a really sturdy button, and the motor in it, it sounds like a Tesla when you start it up. And if you just trim your nose hairs and your ears hairs, no pain whatsoever. The motor spins so fast that it just trims everything down really, really low. And it's a fantastic product. Another part of the set they sent me is a little lotion, an aftershave lotion to put on yourself after you have shaved, particularly more in that private area because you don't want any sort of flare-ups going red or any sort of itching to happen down there and this is absolutely fantastic and then once you've done that you can use what they call the crop preserver which is actually a sort of form of lotion and deodorant for your balls which is absolutely brilliant and it's a feeling particularly as i I travel a lot for my work so i'm sitting in in a vehicle a lot of the time driving and no no itching no chafing whatsoever this stuff is absolutely amazing as soon as i as soon as i run out of this i'm buying more because it's absolutely terrific when you get this package from Manscaped, you also get boxer shorts, which are bamboo and then sort of a silk lining in the middle, which just feels absolutely incredible. And a really solidly built waistband as well, which is brilliant on a good pair of boxer shorts. Uh, and I've been a, I don't know if this comes in it as well, this T-shirt came with me because I'm, I'm going to be promoting Manscaped as long as they want to be involved with the podcast. And I think it's great products. A great little wash bag as well. So if you want to buy any Manscaped products, head over to manscaped.com. Have a little look through what they've got. Decide what it is you think is going to be best for you. And then when you check out, make sure you use the code ZEROPUCKS, all one word, all caps. And that will get you 20% off plus free shipping all over the world. I think it's an absolutely brilliant deal. It's, for male grooming, it's the best product I've ever used. As a little side note to that, if you do actually buy some Manscaped products and use the ZEROPUCKS code, send me a little proof of purchase that you've done that or a little selfie of yourself when the stuff arrives and you'll be entered into, a, into the draw to win a Zero Pucks given hoodie, which is another little sort of, just another little treat from me because I want these people involved in the podcast because I really like the product and I think it's a great product. So I would really like you guys to enjoy it as well. And if you're good enough to want to buy it and use the code that you get from, the, from this podcast, then I want to give something back to you as well. So thanks for listening. I know that the ads in the podcast can be a little bit of a, a bore sometimes, but this one is so it's coming from me because I truly believe in it. So I really hope you enjoy the rest of the episode, and thank you so much for listening.
3: Sports Social podcast Network.